Coming up on Inside the NRL, we have the latest on the officiating after another controversial week. Plus, preliminary finals. The panel deliberate the biggest talking points. And is Matt Lodge the right leader for the Brisbane Broncos in 2020? Well, we are down to four NRL teams. The Eels and the Manly Seagulls both knocked out last week. Thanks for tuning in to Inside the NRL. The Raiders and the Roosters, of course, enjoyed the week off, but they are back. Souths and Storm keep their season alive. We're going to get into the previews very <laughs> soon, gents. But first, we need to talk about a pretty big talking point. Out of the weekend, of course, it was Jake Trevojevic's sin bidding. Um, Graham Annesley, the head of football and operations, spoke in his weekly press conference uh, today and just said how different both opinions can be. Channel 9 and both our broadcast partners, 9 and Fox, had different opinions on what happened. Um, and he said that just shows how we take and can take in information when it's happening in front of us. Um, so let's take a listen to what he had to say earlier today. Do I think the decision was right? Absolutely, I think the decision was right. Based on uh, over a dozen other incidents during the course of this season where interference on players not in possession of the ball uh, resulted in sin bins. We don't change the rules because we get to the semi-final. You know, I don't think Des, I know Des very well, I have for a long time, and we actually get on very well together, but I don't think Des in any way was casting aspersions on the integrity of the referees when he made that comment. Yeah, Des Hasler, of course, after that uh, loss to South, was very disappointed in that call and did not agree with the officiating. But, gents, do you both agree it was the right call? I'm on the other side of the fence. I think it was a 50-50 call, but I wouldn't have given that a sin bin. But I don't think it's a howler, so I'm happy to go with it. It's a 50-50 call. Someone's going to be happy. Equally, if he wasn't sent to the bin, we'll be up in arms. The other 50% of people will be saying he should have been sent to the bin. So I'm happy to go with it. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think that it was a professional foul, and professional foul is sent to the bin. I think the Manly fans are actually more upset about the calls that were missed early on. Brad Parker got taken off the ball the lopsided penalty count, that was where their frustration started to grow. But, yeah, for everyone that went on social media and said, oh, he was going to go past him anyway, well, as soon as you put your hands on someone, if they were both competing for a try and they were the only two people going to score a try, well, it would be a penalty try. Well, he, he slowed right... Gagai slowed right down to the point where Jake only did that to try and get around him. So, look, I... But he slows down to some... Because he's actually... Yeah, ahead, I know. He's, listen, he's ahead of the ball... And he slows down to be which a support runner, right. which he has to. So when he but goes down, down right as soon as you him. put your hands on someone, all right, regardless of if you got tangled up, if he had gone shoulder to shoulder, Malman what if he just tripped over? Malman in okay? 1990 kangaroo tour style, then that would have been okay. But as soon as he puts his hands out and he falls down, unfortunately, it's a professional foul. We can't ask the referees one week to make sure they got across the game, and then the next week they come up in a pressure situation and miss the call. They made the call. Okay, well, we get on with the job. Well, there's, there was outrage, I guess, over the whole weekend. But is there a bit of it because it's Jake Dubovic and he's a fan favourite? Is that why yes. there's been more uproar? No, don't be silly. Don't be silly. I'm telling you, we judge, everyone in the NRL community judges whether they like the person or not first. Regardless of whether I say something or you say something, the first person is, oh, he's such a great guy. And he is. I tweeted out, he's the nicest guy in the NRL. But if it's a professional foul, it's a professional foul. He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have even known he'd done that. He just... Oh, he wouldn't have. <laughs> oh. 
Unbelievable. Do you, do you think Michael Chamis likes Jake Trebojevic a bit? I love Jake Trebojevic. No. I was, yeah, about, it's not I was in awe when we met him earlier in the year, but it doesn't mean he's... favourite. That's why it's an awful... You wanted to run shoulder to shoulder. I don't know where your shoulders are. He's running behind him. I said if he had have run shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, well, if, okay. if the guy slows down in front of you, what's, if he tripped over, would he be a simbin? If he tripped over him? No. If he but didn't okay. reach his arms out like that, okay, so thriller still style. taking him out, though. Yeah. Let's both agree that you both... The next time, just run as fast as you can into them. And that's why it's an interesting talking point. You're that's right. why Graham Annesley said Channel 9 and Fox both had completely different opinions on the play when it happened. Mm. Which is um, why it's fine that it was ruled one way. It's 50-50. Yes. The other one we need to deliberate is Cameron Smith. He was also simbin. Do you agree or disagree for the simbinning of slapping um, Reid Money? I agree. I think if Cody Walker's going to go to the bin and spend time, that, everything right there is fine, uh, even that one there, but to go straight to the forward, if the referee's standing right there, look, I've never ever punched anyone in the face or slapped anyone in the face, so, you know, that, to me, is still considered a punch. And the NRL brought it out in 2017. They released a statement saying that they were going to send players to the bin for an open-handed slap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the rules are rules. Oh, look, I think he was just trying to get... And, I think there's a problem there. If you're going to encourage players, I, I wouldn't have minded to see a penalty against Parramatta for Reid Marnie holding on. You can't just hold on to a bloke after a kick. But Cameron Smith knew it. Rule, rules are rules. He may have collected him. He may have been aiming for the arm, but got him in the head. He has to go. But to, back to Katie's point earlier about whether someone is liked or not liked, I'll tell you what, that was the loudest cheer of the night. It was from 3,000 Parramatta fans in the corner. Uh, <laughs> Cameron Smith has his uh, haters in the game. Well, oh. I don't know if they had much else to cheer about. <laughs> <laughs> fair call, fair call. All right, well, it is time to preview our two preliminary finals. First up on Friday night, we have GIO Stadium, the Raiders hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Gents, is there a lot of pressure on the Raiders or Souths, Jamie? Raiders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Raiders, they'll have a packed house. The Viking clap will be going off. But for the first time this year, they are expected to win this game and go into a grand final. It's the biggest game in Canberra's history in the last 20 years. That's for sure. So uh, I don't think they've ever had this good a team this late in the year with so much going in their favour in terms of a home ground advantage for a long, long time. OK, what about for you, Michael? Nick Kotrick's supposed to come back. I know he's got a huge gash on his top lip and a broken nose. Yeah, the pressure's all on the Raiders. And okay. to be fair, I don't know about you, Jamie, but South Sydney have limped into this stage. I, they haven't been convincing for a while. I know that they are, against the Roosters they were ordinary. And, and to be fair, Manly probably deserved to win this game. So they're limping into the prelims. I, they need to go to another level. They haven't hit that semi-final level yet. They just... Why just are they limping? Well, they're not convincing. They're doing enough and they're wounded. They, they haven't had 17 guys play their best game for a couple of months in terms of on, in one, at one time. You know, it's been the brilliance of Walker, Murray the other night that, got, that helped Reynolds. You know, Adam Reynolds wasn't at his best. It's probably one of his worst games that he's mm. played. But the other guys stood up. And against the better teams, uh, you're not going to be able to get that. You're not going to get all the calls this weekend. You're going to be up in a hostile environment. But that's, I think that plays into South Sydney's favour. It's been 27 weeks since South Sydney played their best game. I reckon South Sydney's best game of the year was the opening night of the season against the Roosters. Wow. That, since, yeah, well, they it's haven't... Cool. They've had a lot of injuries and they've, been, they've had a lot of suspension. But that, 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 got it right. that, for me, means that the job that they've been able to do in getting to this place has been exceptional. Yeah. I mean, above exceptional. I think the way that they go in free shot at making grand final. You know Wayne Bennett. What would he be saying to his men to get them up? I, rec I reckon he's doing the old whiteboard trick. I reckon yeah. this week he puts up both teams, lists them on the whiteboard, and then he picks a team out of that and he just goes through and, and he has all the Raiders players. Like he'll be going, John Sutton, nah, I'll have Bateman. And he just picks all his best team 
And then that, that lights a fire. They go down to Canberra now with a free shot at making grand final. Everyone's talking about how they're not at their best, and they're not at their best. But they go down there with a, a guy that... I mean, Cody Walker played for New South Wales. You know, he was the best 5'8". For the first half of the season, they've got Sam Burgess back. Gagai can produce a performance. So I think they go down there with a real shot. You say that the Raiders um, are under pressure, but who are their key players to make sure they could get through over? Well, the, the, the thing that happens in, in finals games is you can all of a sudden be 10 0 down. And everything that you train for during the week, much like Parramatta last week, all the best intentions, look up at the clock, the game's over after 20 minutes. And so, the game plan's out the window. And the game plan's out the window. And then all of a sudden you see a little bit of ad lib and it doesn't work. And the key player is Aiden Caesar. If he can stand up and produce a performance like he did in clutch games against Cronulla this year, like he has in Melbourne twice, then the Raiders will be okay. But if Souths come out of the gates and start 12-0, 16-0... Yeah, that changes the psyche of the whole team. Yeah, all of a sudden Bateman's not getting free reign, but you know the big players are the seven for both sides. Okay. And James Roberts had been a doubt as well. 50-50 chance of playing with that thumb injury he's got, so that'll be big for South if they lose James Roberts. Given the sort of lack of depth in the centres, they've probably got there. No Braden Burns as well. So uh, the other thing I sort of wanted to point out, Jamie, have you noticed the goal kicking? Been a bit off from everyone in the final series. Obviously Cameron Smith didn't have his boots on the other night. A few players so far haven't really struck them well this final series. Yeah, well, it hasn't cost anyone yet. Uh, but you would expect Croker to have fixed up uh, some minor adjustments there. I spoke to him during last week after the week off and he talked about Adam Reynolds. I don't think he's kicked well for a long, long yeah. time. He's had injuries and stuff. You, you spoke about the centres. I would have Cameron Murray in at centre. I would start him defensively. Cameron Murray in I would start him defensively yeah. at centre. Let him take care of BJ Leilua and then roam around the middle in attack. I think that that uh, could be an option for Wayne Bennett. He gets to go a little bit bigger in the middle to try and oversize the Canberra pack. But I would have Cameron Murray uh, out at left centre, marking BJ Leilua, knowing how dangerous that right edge is for the Canberra Raiders. OK. Big call. We'll see if, um, Rick, uh, if South listened to you. Well, what's stopping him? He defended yeah, there last yeah, week. He, he likes Superman. Forward. He likes his forward in the centres. Uh, yeah. Sean Berrigan did it and when they won the comp in 2006. He defended. He attacked in the middle at nine. Okay. Defended outside on the left-hand side, uh, out in the centres. I think he did, and also played for Australia in the centres. So don't be surprised, Cam Murray. He's he's got a rugby union background. He can defend out wide. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts there. He can do anything. Um, of course, Sam, Alex Johnson, and Alex Dewey have to pass their HIAs this week as well. But uh, should all be right to play the second pre preliminary final. That is sometimes a tongue twister. It's the hardest word to oh. say. Why can't we just <laughs> say semi-finals? That and judiciary sometimes really get Just say semi-finals. Preliminary <laughs> finals. All right. Um, the Roosters, yes, we've got them. A uh, couple of big ins for them. So Jake Friend's due to come back and, of course, their skipper, um, Boyd Cordner. But grand final rematch. There are so many headlines around this. The storm come up. Do you think... No, actually, I already know. Roosters are winning in your books, aren't they, Jamie? Yep. You've said that for yep. weeks. Yeah, they are. And I just think that, you know, this is a side contrast to South Sydney that they can afford to have one of their big players not have their best game, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm keeping a real eye on Latrell Mitchell this week. I think this is tailor-made for him to come out with a big performance. He knows he's got the wood over Will Chambers. If they go with Curtis Scott, uh, he will fancy himself down that left side. And he loves playing at the SCG. So I just think the Roosters will have too much firepower. Plus, they get their inspirational leader in Jake Friend back. And then they'll have uh, the big bopper back, JWH, for the grand final. What do you do with Jake Friend, though, Michael? Do you put him in or you keep Sam Verrills in? Well, he's doing a good job. I think we'll touch on that a bit later in, in hit or miss. But for me, I, I, back to that grand final last year, I think that game was won before the, the actual grand final. The way the Roosters played, 
the way they were coached. It'll come down to coaching again this week because the focus so much last year in that grand final was trying to get Cooper Cronk and eliminate him. And Melbourne were guilty of probably doing that too much. Now, Craig Bellamy's got a few huge decisions to make, and we'll touch on it a bit later with Curtis Scott and Will Chambers. But the way that Melbourne go into this game, if the Roosters play their best footy, the Roosters will win. So Melbourne need to find a way to put them off their game. So what Craig Bellamy does this week to make sure that happens will be interesting and go a long way to determine the, the result. The thing in the favour of Melbourne Storm is there's no head of the snake for the Roosters. You know, there's no JWH, big enforcer. They've got a really, really good forward pack, but when you lose your, your number one guy, your enforcer, you can be a little bit vulnerable. I mean, for, so for Solomona and Bromwich dominate early and then Kamitha comes on, you know, they start to get a bit of a roll on. That brings Munster into the game and he can win a game by himself. So I don't think they'll have it all their own way, but I'm, I'm still confident in the Roosters. We talk about home ground advantage, week off advantage. In final series at this time of the year, how much does it help the Roosters having been rested for a good, oh. now, 14 days? Yeah, well, when you're the defending premiers, well, I was never in that position, but they started the year with a lot less petrol than everyone else. They had to get everyone's best game, and they get to an important stage of the year where they can get a week off, they can monitor their training loads, they can make sure that they're ready to go. I think it's crucial that they got through that first week, and they did it easy. With all due respect to Parramatta, though, that was just a little bit more than a training one for Melbourne. They went didn't really... You know, take too much energy out of, the, out of the tank with that performance. And the other thing is they needed to play because Craig Bellamy wasn't happy with the, what they produced the last two weeks and they got it right. With Pappenhausen, Hughes and Munster, they got it right. And they didn't, if they had the week off, they may not have time to do that. Mm -hmm. So, who are the two teams in the grand final? Out of race, Raiders South, who's winning? Raiders. Oh, I don't want to go against the wily old Fox. Mm. I think I will though. Uh, South. Okay, Raiders, South. And then in, in the... No, no, I'll go Raiders. I'll go Raiders. <laughs> you don't want to go so against both, both, I'll go Raiders. Sorry, okay, Wayne. Both are Raiders <laughs> and out of the Roosters-Storm game? Roosters. Roosters-Raiders. Roosters-Raiders. Storm. Storm-Raiders. Storm, Radio. Masterstroke. They'll get it done. All right. I'm glad I've got that on record. Now, also, over the weekend, we did see the second round of the NRLW. Finally, we did see the Dragons click. Broncos... A step above right now, still haven't been beaten. But what did you like about that Dragons game that was played at Mount Smart Stadium? Oh, I, th I think you have to look at the way that they played. Matty Studden obviously got her hands on the footy. She set up a try for Jess Surgis over on that right-hand side. But they looked like they had a lot more intent than the first week, the Dragons. I thought that coming into this NRLW season that they started with all the pressure on them before a ball was kicked. Yeah, you know, They were heavily favoured by everyone. They'd recruited really well. But... The first week performance in a short competition really took the wind out. They had to respond. They've done that. They've shown they're a quality side. But for me, Brisbane, you can give them the trophy now. No one's beating that Brisbane side. I feel like I heard you say that even in round one. No one is beating that Brisbane side. And yeah. Ali Brigginshaw is the best player in this competition by far. I hope you don't ask for grand final tickets because the Roosters and Broncos have already won the NRL and NRLW game uh, premiership. Well, luckily for me, Michael, I'll be there working. Come <laughs> on. Um, but the, the team who hasn't hit their straps is, of course, um, the Roosters. You were down mm. in Melbourne and you, you caught that game. What is most disappointing about that side? Because they are full of talent. They are full of talent, and I know the conditions weren't very nice. And in Melbourne, it was wet, it was greasy, and they were miserable. Both sides had to play in it. Yeah, well, exactly. And the Roosters, they look like they haven't played together. It just, there's just no fluency in what they do. They can't hold on to the ball, and it was a very frustrating game for, for Rick Stone. And the Broncos did that one easily, and they barely you know, raised the sweat, to be fair, the Broncos. And they will cruising to the grand final, no doubt. And the Roosters, they were in this situation last year. They were 0-2 to start the year and got through mathematically in the last week. I just can't see them doing that this year. The only chance, I mean, if the Dragons get there on grand final day, Studden v Brigginshaw part two, you know, that origin game, they both held the cards 
for their team's success. And yeah. you feel like that Studden learned a lot about herself from that game and that week that she can get the job done. So, But Brigginshaw in that game you know, on the weekend, she's just a class above. She understands where to kick. She understands how to manage a game. And game managers, you know, especially in a short competition where you have to win every week, they're, they're crucial. Well, you talk about that Origin matchup, and Ali was, she'd done her ankle the day before. So for her to perform like that in the Origin game was well, still. When she's fully fit, she's dominating the competition. Of course. But Maddie didn't have Kimi Oranati, her usual half partner, on the weekend. And we saw Maddie start and play a more free game and she was a lot better. So whether or not Daniel Lacey has a big mm. question of putting Kimi Oranati back in, she was out due to illness. So mm. we'll have to wait and see what uh, Zach Bailey has for NRL teams tomorrow. Of course, you can go to that uh, standalone match this Sunday between the Roosters and the Dragons. Leichhardt Oval, 115, nrl.com forward slash tickets. And we've got our week three finals tickets that come uh, on sale tomorrow for the public from 10 a.m. For members, they are already on sale, so make sure you get on nrl.com forward slash tickets and purchase those. Before we get to sweet or sour, Michael, last week, West Tigers, uh, you reported that Ryan Madison was granted uh, a release to look for a new club for personal reasons, but what is the latest there? It wasn't granted, it was granted permission to negotiate with rival clubs. This is going to be an ugly situation. The Tigers now... It's untenable for them to keep Ryan Madison. The players are off Ryan Madison for the way he's handled this. The club's off him. They're trying to keep it. Like they're trying to make sure that he's looked after. But at the way he's handled it, he's left the Tigers in a position now where they're going to lose a player who's on three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, who's probably worth half a million, close to six hundred, and they're going to get something in return that's not going to be close. So they're going to stand their ground and they want some sort of compensation for what's about to happen, whether that's financial or whether that's a player swap. But how do you swap anyone? worth 350 because no one that's on 350 is worth what Ryan Madison is. Is it a money thing or is it a, a coach player thing? It's both. It's both. It's, it's, it began with frustrations around the way the club's coached and Maguire's way of handling things and it's, it stems from a, an incident where he had some choice words for Madison in front of the players in, in regards to his toughness and the way he handles the game. So that flowed on and it became, he became unhappy in his environment and now I, no, I have no doubt that a factor in this is money as well. And Let's be fair, what would you pay Ryan Madison? He's worth more than 350 now, 600. right? But that's not fair on the Tigers because he signed a deal there on 350. Probably they paid him overs because of what he was worth at the Roosters. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel sorry for the Tigers because they're in a situation there where if they keep him, but where, you want a guy who's going to be disruptive. So where are you hearing him, he might end up? Yeah. Because what, the Titans keep coming. That's a, I know that's a messy situation and it won't please Tigers fans they're going to lose their best player this year. But for me, if, he's, if it's a money thing, He's going to go to a club that was worse placed in, in the Titans mm. than the Tigers. But if it was a coaching thing, then you're happy to take less and, and you know, move on and be yeah. happy on the 350. Well, I, I hope, well, for Ryan Madison's sake, he could be in a situation where they're, because a lot of clubs are trying to move players on, make room, and the Titans have no room as it stands. They're trying to move a number of players on. So he could be left without a club for a while now. He's obviously been granted leave to deal with what he has to deal with. But he can't come back to the West Tigers. How, how do you go from where he was? Yeah, but where, you, where is he going to go? Well, Parramatta? Have Parramatta, well, got Parram Parramatta? Parramatta have got some money, yeah, whether they go with him or not. I think a few players, a few clubs, there's a little bit of stench around Ryan Madison now in terms of the way he's handled it, looking at ah. this cautiously. Well, mate, do you want a player who does that to, you, to your roster? The players there are filthy with the way it's been handled. Look, so, if it's a money thing, you only have to think back to Daly Cherry Evans. Yeah, he wanted more money. He felt like he was worth more. He ended up getting more. And, and that situation worked yeah. out to, to tear some friendships but apart. There's a, way, there's a way to handle I that. Know, I know, I know. But you can't, it, it, you can't have it one way and say that the club can get rid of a player uh, if they don't see like they're performing to that stage. And the player yeah, feels like he's worth more on the market and he tries to get an upgrade. So, 
I think you've got to be careful here, but hopefully Ryan Madison and the West Tigers sort it out and both parties are happy. I like it. Okay, let's go to Sweet or Sad. What do you got for us? Well, talking about my man, I, I think he will start in the centres. Cam Murray uh, had to check underneath his jumper on the weekend. I thought he was Superman. He dived in the in-goal <laughs> here for a try. But uh, just his versatility, the way he competes, this guy will be the captain of Australia one day. I just love the fact that his half probably wasn't you know, having his best game, but he stood up. He was their best player on the weekend. Cameron Murray, outstanding. Can't wait to see him in a green and gold. He can do anything. He's Superman. You had to pick one. Jake Trebojevich or Cameron Murray? Oh. Team. <laughs> well, they're both... Uh, yeah. Answer, please. Jake. It's oh, your man. Ooh. Jake's done a little bit longer. Okay. Who but I love you, you too, Cam. You have to answer it if oh. you're asking the question. No, 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 I, I love you too, Cam Murray. <laughs> All right. Well, we um, next up we are going to be joined by Dean Wittes. Of course, we have the Ken Stephen Medal nominees. It is down to four, and the former uh, winner will talk to us in studio very shortly. But let's take a look at one of the four finalists in Cia Soliola. How it all started, uh, getting connected with the communities. I'm involved with the Early Morning Centre, serving uh, the homeless. Uh, we serve them breakfast in the mornings. He volunteers each Monday morning. He comes in uh, early and helps prepare the food. And then when we open at 7.30, he helps uh, serve people at the tables. And then when we finish up, he helps with clean-up. It's, it's been awesome to be a part of uh, that community, that team. Well, it's now time to talk about the Ken Stephen medal. And to do that, we are joined by Dean Witters, the 2004 winner. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us on. Let's talk about the four finalists for 2019. And they are Corey Norman, C.S. Oliola, Josh Alaye and Ignatius Parsi. This is one of the awards, I guess, Dean, that um, mean a lot for the community and very significant. But why so for the NRL and their players? I think it highlights, you know, the, the players that use their profile for the good of good of the community, you know, they go out there and try and make a difference and, and give back and that seems to be one of the real values of our game is players don't forget where they've come from or how they can contribute to making a, a positive difference in the community and it's great to see that our players still make those special efforts and it's recognised with a big award like this. And out of those four of the finalists, uh, I know um, definitely Corey Norman's done a great job publicly to put his name out there and show what he's doing for the homeless in terms of his clothing um, company that he's he sort of brought together. But what are the others doing to use their profile? Similar things, like mm. turning up to soup kitchens and, and helping with people oh, who are disadvantaged, uh, making a difference in their life. Um, you know, there's been a lot of players that go out of their way, do different things. Um, and, you know, you can see some good stuff there from some of the boys. Yeah, for sure. What Dean, take on it. Dean what, you had one player originally from every team nominated. How did you get down to the final four? Uh, then RL goes through a bit of a selection process. The People's Choice vote for one person, and that was Corey Norman, who he was a long way out in front, I think, on that vote. And they have a panel then that goes through and picks the rest of the, the ones from there in the community programs, and they come up with the other three selections. How far have you seen the game grow in terms of players donating more and more of their time? When you won in 2004, I don't think there would have been the amount of players that are, are going behind the scenes now and donating their time to, to charity events or doing things. It's certainly grown. Well, it's one of the things I'm most proud about in our game is that our players still have that ability to go back and to give back and to try and make a difference to help people who are disadvantaged. Um, you know, we've got a very powerful game that does make a difference to a lot of people's lives and our players recognise that now and they, they see the importance in it and fantastic that they're leading the way for other young players to come into our game and hopefully do exactly the same thing. 
It's really nice for players to be recognised for the positive things they do in our game too because so often we do get, uh, I guess, fans writing in about controversial topics or saying that our players are, are negative, but there are so many things our players do in the good of the game like you've mentioned. Yeah, we've got tremendous people playing our game at the top mm. level. You know, There's so many good guys and so many great role models and this award and the nomination process that gives a bit of a highlight to some of those players. So fantastic that, that we still do that. And I, I believe, you know, it's part of rugby league, I suppose, is always to have the go at people and to always talk our game down. But there's some fantastic things in there and we really recognise that through this award. I actually did see something on your Twitter about giving the refs a hard time. And it, it's, it's one of those things where we do tend to have that tall poppy syndrome in Australia. We're really quick to tear people down, aren't we? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's unfair what's happening with the referees. They make a mistake. We scrutinise it. We talk about it. We belittle their performance publicly in the media. And some of it's really harsh and aggressive. I've never seen a player with that sort of judgement done publicly. You know, obviously behind closed doors, coaches will tear shreds off you. <laughs> but, um, you know, some of the stuff that's happening to the referees, I, I believe, look, just get on with the game, play on. And players do that. Um, we get over decisions quickly on the field and play on. And, and we know that if you, you can make up for your mistakes just as, as well as you can make up for a bad uh, refereeing decision. So it does have no real big impact on the game. And I think as a game, we just need to play on, move on. Let's get on with the game. I like it. And I don't want to take away from the Ken Stephen medal. So to be part of that, that obviously gets announced on grand final day, is that right? Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think the four uh, finalists will be announced at the Daly M Awards and then the, the, the winner will be announced on uh, grand final day. So some real big moments where we can celebrate and highlight all the positive things that some of the great guys are doing in our game and it's going to be uh, good to see who gets the final award. You beauty. Okay, well before I let you go, who's your tip to win? I'm Rabbitohs. I've been saying Rabbitohs <laughs> will beat Roosters in the grand final. I've said that all along. And I firmly believe that the team that was going to win the grand final had to play in every week of the finals. Okay. So the Rabbitohs, we're ticking all the boxes. We <laughs> yes. let the Roosters beat us in the first week. Thank you, We'll Wayne. be bounced back. wishful thing. You wait. You mark my words. <laughs> um, now, I, I obviously want the grand final tip, but I want, I want your Ken Stephen medal award winner tip too. Uh, yeah, I think the stuff that uh, Corey Norman's been doing is absolutely fantastic and I think he'll be recognised that for that and I think he's probably the hot tip but I also like what Sia Soliola does every week in and out down there and what he's doing and what he represents at the Canberra Raiders. He's come back from England and been enormous at that club and made a real difference to the culture of their club and their connection with the community so I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those two. Okay, alright. I like where you're going with that. Thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. We'll let you go. I know you're a busy, busy man but the pair of um, Michael Chambers and Jamie Soward, they wanted to talk about uh, the Storm and Curtis Scott in the game this weekend. Let's take a look at their analysis. Craig Bellamy made a huge decision last week, dropping Will Chambers to the bench in favour of Curtis Scott. But the last time the Storm played the Roosters, Latrell Mitchell, he gave Curtis Scott a bath. Yeah, he did, didn't he? That left edge is so lethal for the Roosters. And you can just have a seat already. Brodie Croft likes to get up nice and hard. It's that width for me that's alarming. All their eyes are focused in here where the ball is. They need to be worried about the threat on the outside. As play unfolds, again, you get to that stage where there's a lack of trust between the two and three. It's so important to be able to allow Brodie Croft to make that decision to be able to go up, make the tackle, then release to come out the back and help. They don't do it. The Roosters punish them uh, with a quite a simple play. Well, the, the Roosters go down that side with great effect later in the game, back in round six here. 
Yeah, they do. Latrell Mitchell's such a, a beacon for the ball. He wants it all the time. Tedesco in at dummy half. Now, just there, Brodie Croft has reacted to the situation. He knows he's needed. He runs straight in. But you look at Curtis Scott. He's over here. He can't get to the ball quick enough. As the play continues to unfold, he started to react. By the time he gets in there, the play's unfolded. Now, just there, he had the chance to accelerate into a tackle and try and defuse the situation. He doesn't do it. Latrell Mitchell gives him the don't argue, comes up with a big play. You'd have to think that Trent Robinson and the Roosters will go down that left edge again. Well, Craig Bellamy left with a huge decision this week. Does he go with Curtis Scott? Does he go with Will Chambers? We'll find out tomorrow. NRL teams at 3.55. Well, great analysis by the team there. Now it is time for Hit or Miss. All right, first question. Sam Verrills needs to start for the Roosters. Hit or miss? It's a hit for me. Uh, Jake Friends has been, what, he hasn't played since round 18. He's, what, played five games this year. Sam Verrills has been outstanding for the Roosters. You stick with him. Uh, I know Jake Friend is, is their captain and he's, he's done it before, but what, the, what Sam Verrills has been able to do, he's earned the right to start this weekend. Oh, he's a gun, Sam Verrills. I've watched him play throughout the year uh, in the Canterbury Cup in New South Wales. He's, he's an absolute gun. Um... Yeah, I think you'd back the young kid. Unfortunately for Jake Friend, I think he might be a little bit underdone coming into this, but if you get through the grand final, maybe he finds himself in the starting team. But, you know, for, for Sam Verrills to get the victory over Damian Cook week one, I think that would be huge for his confidence to come out against Cam Smith. Both hit. All right. Matt Lodge is the right choice to be the Broncos skipper. Hit or miss? I'll start with you, Michael. I'm going to say hit. If it's OK for him to play... It's okay for him to be captain. I, the NRL copped a lot for allowing Matt Lodge into the game. We've made the decision now. He's in the game. If he's in the game, he can play Origin. He can be captain. I don't think what he's done in the past. If it's okay for him to play, he can do what he likes. And if, if he's the best job, the best man for the job at Brisbane, so be it. I agree. It's a PR disaster, though, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. Of course it is. It's a mess. Look, if you're... Unfortunately... Uh, oh, I'm happy if, you know, if he's come back and playing. I agree with Michael, but... Um, Brisbane have got bigger problems up there than, than finding out who's going to be the next captain. They need to find a halfback. Um, I don't know if you can have a, a captain that's not on the field you know, 100% of the time. So they're going to need someone that's going to be out there running the team as well, like a James Maloney did when Tarmow went off. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll say hit. Uh, if you're still playing, he can be captain. But if you don't like that he's not on there for 80 minutes, is he the right choice, captain? I don't know who else they've got. Well, that's in terms the of leadership. So, but they don't then, so you don't keep Darius? Like, do you yeah. agree that he, he should Co-captains. be captain? I, don't, oh, no, that's not I think Darius would be captain of the club. Well, well Brisbane, this, this sums up the situation. Brisbane know exactly what it will mean if, if they make Matt Lodge captain. The fact that they're considering it is a dire reflection of where they're at in terms of leadership. Because they know that Matt Lodge is going to be criticised. They're going to be in for all sorts of you know, scrutiny in regards to the decision. So to go down Why do that they path, have to make a decision now? They don't. They don't. There's just talk Why? about all this research. Why do they have to make it's a decision all, now? It is all reports. Yeah, so. but who cares? Can't we talk about the four teams left? They, didn't, they weren't good enough. See you next year, Brisbane. We'll they were probably exactly right. They're one of the biggest NRL clubs, if not the biggest. NRL yeah, we'll see you next year. We'll no, talk no, about. Come on, Jamie. Year. You understand how it works. They lost 58 nil in the semi-final, and we're they talking about who the captain should be. I they think they've got, got more problems. Than they got rid of the greatest coach of all time, and they missed. Yeah, they yeah, missed. So the that's what I'm saying. They have got more problems than who the captain should be. So enjoy your off-season. Get joy. I don't think they'll be enjoying very much. But they give us plenty to talk about, and that's what we're here to do. Anyway, I'll give you someone else to talk about. Question three: Shane Flanagan deserves to be back. Coaching in the NRL, hit or miss? No, Jamie, don't look to Michael. He always does that, doesn't he? He looks to me to start <laughs> take the first offload. Hit up, off. He doesn't want to take the first hit up. I'll say hit. Okay. I'll say hit. I think uh, yeah, Shane Flanagan's done his time. He's obviously made a mistake, but 
yeah, if you're going to ha- allow Matt Lodge and, and players to have second chances, then it's no different for a coach. So I think he's done his time now and he deserves to be back. Michael. I'm going to say hit and miss. Hit on the fact that he deserves no. to be back coaching in the NRL. No, no. Hit that he, he deserves to coach in the NRL again. Yes. Miss on the timing. I think it's too soon next year that he's allowed to come back as an assistant. I think... <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, you can't ask the question. The question. Well, Matt Lodge, what about Matt Lodge then? <laughs> We're not asking about Matt Lodge. Uh... So, but Matt Lodge was charged for something. He's back in the NRL after going through. Now, Shane Flanagan's done his time and you don't want him to be back in the NRL. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> Did I sit here and say that, Shane, that, that uh, Matt Lodge should be in well, the NRL? Am I right? I if he's am in I the right? NRL, no. I said if Matt Lodge is in the NRL, which he is, then he can, he can do what he likes. He can play Origin and be captain. Was he welcome the question, back too soon? The question isn't Matt Lodge should be back in the NRL. The question is should be captain. The question here is Shane Flanagan, does he deserve to be in the NRL? Yes, he does. I think it's too soon. Though. Yes, why are we pushing players? Okay, so you think he does. So what? That, that's a miss then. Yes. That's a miss. Hit, big hit. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, hit for you, but you can't say, yes, he deserves to be back in the NRL, but not yet. Yeah. That means okay. miss. That means because the question we're talking about. You present. didn't say now, does he deserve to be back I in the I just thought that right after Work on your 25 rounds and final series, you would know how to play this game. It's not a game. You man. really need to learn. Rugby league is not a game. Lucky one. It's only one a game. <laughs> it's only a game. Remember that. All right, okay. Let's talk champ or chump. And we've got one and one. One, one and, and done. One. One and done. Only one example. Mm. I'll fix my words. This week, it is Jamie Soward tattoo. <laughs> I was a bit a worried when I saw this on the rundown. has your headgear tattooed on. on him. What's he tattooed on there? It's tattooed on his, his uh, rumpus. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. On the uh, rear end. I'll, I'll give you some context behind this. Okay. The NRL social team have put out a competition for fans to enter um, their best tattoos. Yeah, right. So you can do that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, send your, your best in. And we were submitted by that beauty. Look, Champ you, or Champ? When, when I saw that, uh, Champ, I can't believe Wayne Bennett got that done. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a special time for all of us, but thanks, Wayne. I appreciate that. Are you offended? Because he's put your tattoo... Where's your face? It's not good enough for his body. <laughs> How many people have tattooed your anything to do with you on their body? Well, yeah, none. Oh, Don't let's not start with those comebacks. Yeah, and the well, question is champ or champ, Champ, of Michael? course. He's a Dragons fan. He's saying champ for this one. I'm having his vote. Imagine well. if it was Michael's tattoo. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We can't go there. It's time to finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm not okay. going to say that. All right. Well, if you want your finals uh, footy fix to know what team is playing who and who's playing who... Tune in tomorrow at 3.55 for NRL team. Zach Bailey, Jeff Toovey and Brett Kamali are back. Uh, that is with you at 3.55. And if you want to uh, stay up to date with all the female footy news, Sam Squires and myself are on Wednesdays with our WOW show. But until Monday, have a good one.